Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. From the wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. All right, so so we got the venting out of the way on the last episode. We oh, I don't down... know about that because the teams we're talking about now we're probably even more riled up about. <laughs> sure, but I mean, from a wild perspective, for the wild yeah. listeners, they open up this week, the first Monday episode, and it, it breaks down everything, you know. We had to take a day day off. I literally like didn't even text Hoppy back yesterday. I just kept my phone in, in a different room. You on a Saturday. Yeah, I just and I just kind of zoned out, watched UFC, cleaned up my new place, set up this dinky little home See, dude, studio. I, I stalked you though. Like every time you'd make a post or do something on Twitter, I would immediately DM you again, and be like, "Don't fucking ignore me." Was I even on Twitter yesterday? I don't even <laughs> yes, think I made you a were. post. Oh, well, I posted like THPN shit, but I wasn't like checking my like notifications or anything hey if you posted it you can see that there's dms and you know that's the only way that i can contact you because you're a fucking canadian well, i had like six dms and i was like i'm not gonna look at any of these so <laughs> i just ignored them all but anyways long of the short of it we're back it's time for some playoff and nhl specific talk here hoppy and uh we will do our round two predictions on the next episode so that'll drop you know tuesday um so get your get your fix of spokes z if you want to hear about uh and judge buds if you want to hear about iowa and some more just <laughs> wild and i'm sure he'll just cry a little bit about the bruins as well but uh but we will do our predictions for round two this week but for this episode hoppy wh- where do you want to start my man what what team do you want to vent about first as this episode is dedicated to some of the other teams that we have uh well that our hearts and minds are invested in yeah, it's kind of funny how it worked out. Obviously, we're all like orphan adopted into wild fandom. And uh, we'll start with the the shortest one. And you just mentioned the man that we're going to shed a tear for here. Spoke to Z. He is obviously from Boston. He's a mass hole. We fucking love him. But <laughs> he, he is Boston through and through. Yes. And uh, he's going to obviously get into this more. And I'm sure you'll hear him rant and rave about it, even on Judd's Buds, to be completely honest, because that's just how he rolls. But the Boston Bruins, man, um, thought they did an awesome job at the trade deadline, picking up one incredible piece and signing him to a ridiculously good deal. But that, that's not even the biggest thing we need to talk about here. Let, let's just throw it out there. Patrice Bergeron. He's either going to retire, go to a new team, 
or re-sign for similar or even less money than he currently makes? Like, where's your head at on Patrice Bergeron? I think he retires or he signs one year in Montreal. See, I don't see Montreal happening. Everyone talks about that. Oh, his agent. Oh, he grew up a Montreal fan. No, he didn't. He actually grew up a Nordiques fan. So you guys are idiots. Um, I, I think, and being that it's such a rival for the Bruins, I just can't see that. I can't. And why would he go one more year to play there and not have any chicken's dick chance of winning? I think it's more just as players get older, there's something different about playing at home where you grew up in front of friends and family. And maybe some people have it. Maybe some people don't. So that's why I threw it out there. I, I don't know. Again, I'm not a Boston guy at all. And that's what I say. Like I'm usually pretty in tune with what, what goes on with most teams in the national hockey league, Boston, it's PTSD. I, I just can't, like, I just can't even, die, you know, invest any time into learning much more <laughs> surface level shit about that team. So, Hey, I'm not the expert into, like you said, if he has any desire to go to Montreal, but if, if because of just the, the factor, that's where he's, where he's from, that's where his friends and family I'm sure are. If he's going to play one more year and it's not in Boston, that's where I'd assume a player like him with his legacy would want to go. And furthermore, if there's like some underlying hate there, then I respect. Yeah, not, does, does not, it matter that there's a rivalry or no? Again, for some players it might, but for others it might just be like, this is just an experience playing in Montreal because Toronto, I think it's different in that. Like it's just more hectic unless you want to be there. It's just hectic where Montreal it's I think, hectic. I think they're equally hectic. Wait, wait, wait. It's hectic. <laughs> But it's 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 different. It's yeah. there's something more, and this is someone who's you know I'm not a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. There's something more prestigious about playing in Montreal in the Bell Centers. If you're a really true hockey you know enthusiast, you know hockey nerd like like a lot of these NHL players are who aren't just athletes first, right? They're they're hockey guys first and foremost. So, anyways, long and the short of that, that would be my thoughts. But I could be totally off in that he has no connection outside of he's from Quebec. To Montreal. Yeah, fair. And I'll I'll say I, I'm gonna side with Z here. I think he stays. Now, how long? I don't know. Because the only reason I see him retiring is if he's like my body's failing me, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you can tell the guy still ha- he can play. He's, he's still got the passion, and he loves the Boston Bruins. Like those are the three things you know for a fact. If the body quits on him, he's retiring. If not, I think he's got a few more kicks of the can with the Bruins. It's just the real question is going to be how, right? Because they're up against the cap. They only have four guys that are coming off the books. Lazar, Blyde, Brown, Zaboral. And those are all cheap contracts that are all RFA and UFA. Now, on top of that, they have what I think could be the best pairing in the NHL. I really do think McAvoy and Lindholm, holy fuck, that's an incredible D pair. It's going to be an expensive pair, though. It's going to be an expensive pair. McAvoy just ended his bridge for 4.9 million goes up to 9.5 starting next year and until the end of time Lindholm obviously cheap because of salary retained in Anaheim yeah 2.6 this year goes up to 6.5 million which I think is a really reasonable contract for him I thought of course of course again to your point on oh defensemen are gonna get paid dude if that's what he made there's no way that Matt Dumba is making more than Hampus Lindholm. That would be insane to me, but I digress. That's a total increase of 8.5 million, which is more than Bergeron's current salary of 6.875 million. So something's got to give. And again, 
plenty of time this summer to overanalyze and dissect it. Yeah. Isha, it's probably tough off the, the top right here for us to come <laughs> up with what that even looks like. But let, let's just say pay cut. Chris Bergeron staying. He's taking a pay cut. Are, well, but that aside, they still have to get rid of people if they want to keep him on a pay cut. So that's yeah. going to be the fun thing to watch. Someone's going to have to leave. There's a lot of players that could potentially be on the move. Who knows? But that that's really where we'll end it on the Bruins. I think Z's got way more to say about <laughs> it. That's just me kind of teeing up for everybody what a shitty summer it could be for that organization. Yeah, they are they are definitely year. on their last leg as far as being like true competitive team. And you know what though, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but credit to that franchise that post 2011, other than one or two seasons, they've been able to retool on the fly and remain yep. competitive. So Agreed. props to the organization, but fuck that team. Yep. I'll, I'll kick it over to you now, Aisha. Uh, just open floor. What the hell's going on with the Vancouver Canucks? So I've actually had to do some prep because I've been so dialed into wild that <laughs> I've kind of just, I haven't even been listening to like local Canucks radio. Or I've just, again, it's dialed Minnesota wild, dialed into just like the relevant playoff teams. Um, but the, there is a bunch of like, you know, surface level news. First, I want to start off with just one thing. There was a lot of drama behind Bruce Boudreaux and apparently him and the Vancouver Canucks didn't see eye to eye on an extension on him coming back. Some of the fine details of the agreement, the contract in term. And apparently it was reported, you know, in, in confidence that Bruce Boudreaux was probably not going to come back to the Vancouver Canucks. Thank fucking God that they have agreed and he is going to come back. But it's just concerning that there there were some philosophical issues, you know, between them that they were butting heads on on something. The Vancouver Canucks organization and Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, now, how much term they were going to give him? Well, I, I <laughs> that's the only philosophical argument. <laughs> I haven't heard, you know, that term was the issue. Now that's what I assume, but yeah. it's, at the end of the day, it's Bruce Boudreaux. Like he has his house, you know, out east and and everything. It's not like he's, you know digging any roots here in Vancouver. It's like one year or three years. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm sure like you're a coach in the national hockey, you can get fired at any day. So, and I think Bruce Boudreau knows that he's at, you know, this is, this is probably his final kick at the can. Let's, let's be honest. So I think that was, it was less about that. And I'm reading into it more that they're just like, just plans, like maybe roster plans, personnel plans, things like that, where Bruce is like, okay, whether it's one year or three, if you're bringing me back here, I want a say, unlike this year where it was just like, I'm the replacement and I've been, I'm going to roll with what I've been given. And I think that is a good conversation to have. Obviously, if you're from Bruce Boudreaux's um, position and as a Canucks fan, I, I, I love that. It was just concerning that it took this long and that it was just dragged out in the media. But again, it's Canucks media. There's, they're not in the playoffs. There's not much to talk about. Maybe it was just highlighted a little too much, but Hey, they got it done. Happy about that. Uh, another big thing that the Vancouver Canucks uh, are in the works of doing Andre, Kuzmenko, who is that? You might ask. I didn't know either until I learned. Apparently, he's he's <laughs> wait, that. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> what did you just say? Um, I don't even know. That he's... was an Ishaism. Sure. I didn't know either until I learned. Until I learned. Uh, <laughs> until I learned about him today. Um, every year there's always that that top player out of the KHL. Some years it works great, you know, a la Panarin. Some years it doesn't, a la whoever the fuck that guy was in Vegas, who apparently runs the KHL, but. Couldn't even make it out of preseason in Vegas' first year. Name escapes me. Anyways, uh, Andre Kuzmenko, he's absolutely dominated in St. Petersburg and CSKA. 
um, 53 points in 45 games last year. And he is that, you know, Russian, you know, mid twenties player that other NHL teams are kind of bidding on bringing him in. Apparently it's between the Rangers and Canucks surprise, surprise with the Russian, you know, kid coming over um, and that the Canucks are very close in getting that done. So that's exciting. Cause it's someone you're going to bring in on the cheap. It's someone who's like, Sure, maybe low floor, but maybe the ceiling is actually pretty high and the Canucks need secondary scoring. The Canucks need third and second liners. So, hey, if this guy can fit in that position, that, that's exciting. Um, other plans of the Canucks, a bunch of just random things like clearing house of people behind the scenes like trainers, um, nutritionists, things like that. Like the Vancouver Canucks, are, new management is definitely putting their stamp on that, clearing out. People have been with the organization since as far back as like 2003. Um, or either walking away or they're, you know, parting ways with them. One of the biggest things, though, is that the Canucks are actively shopping OEL. Um, and it's not just that's that's what the tabloids are saying. They made one call. So, the, you know, Canucks media is blowing out of proportion. Apparently, people are actually answering the calls and that it, it might be a deal where, yes, the Canucks might have to give a little sum sum to get the contract off the books, but not as much as I think the Canucks fans feared in that OEL, sure, he didn't put up the points this year. But if you look into the, the underlying stats and just the eye test, he actually had a pretty damn good season. Good player, bad contract. Simple as that. So there are a lot of teams interested in his services. And the Canucks, from what I've been reading, from what I've been seeing, might not have to bring or might not have to eat too much, you know, in, uh, in trying to get rid of that contract. Uh, last but not least, Besser. And let's get into this a little bit. Um, yeah. Minnesota boy too. I, I doubt that you know his <laughs> his his dream of playing in Minnesota is going to happen anytime soon, given the the Wilds you know organization situation and the Canucks right now. But it's an interesting position for for Brock Besser in that like streaky player. In the talent is there, the shot is there. He's faced some injury adversity, but he's also facing adversity off the ice. In that we we all know what's going on, you know, with his father. And I'm sorry, but that has to affect you. It has to. I mean shoot man that kind of stuff affects you know personal stuff seeps into my work all the time now imagine being at the top level of an athlete with the pressure of an entire city an entire province you know trying to perform under you know circumstances like that i think it was very evident you know in his exit interviews and and um and presser you know where where he's at where his family's at where his father's at where the health of his father's at and maybe that's indicative of, of why he's been so streaky. All that aside, though, his qualifying offer is seven and a half million. And the Canucks, they have a little bit of cap space, but they got some big dogs on the roster too. Pedersen's coming up for you know an extent. I know you signed a, a bridge deal as well. Is this someone who you want to lock in oh, for that Pedersen. much money? You've talked about trading Pedersen. <laughs> why is he taking priority? Is this a player? that the that you think the Canucks should should go all in on and do you think there's a they've seen enough to that long term seven and a half million is going to be fair and is going to help them uh down the road with a player like Brock Besser do I think he's a seven and a half million dollar player yeah I do and you actually took the point that I was going to kind of throw at you if you talked about how he's just not lived up the personal situation absolutely impacted him this year. And we still saw flashes of yep. who Brock Besser is, but Bruce Boudreau brought it out tough. of him too, which is, which is what awesome. And, and again, it, go, it goes back to what I'm saying. Bruce Boudreau 
he has to come back because the, the the players loved him. And furthermore, Travis Green, I'm sorry, maybe he just didn't show any empathy to Besser and was like, I, I'm here to do a job. Whereas Bruce Pujol maybe showed some empathy and brought, brought the best out of him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what, what's tough with this one is just like not really knowing what the mindset is. Now, I will say knowing Rutherford, it's usually to push the chips in and try and be competitive, right? He's not big on the whole rebuild approach. Um, it's just tough when you look at like the decisions they got to make, right? They got one more year of Horvat and Miller. They've got really nothing that's locked up long term besides Connor Garland and Quinn Hughes, right? Well, and, and then OEL potentially. <laughs> um, they've got they've got what you need. Like if you're a team that wants to compete, you want strength on the middle. You need a top tier defenseman, and you need a legit number one goalie. They have all of those things. It's filling in around it, which yeah. I, the one thing I can promise you, Isha, from definitely seeing it up close, Rutherford's going to take swings. You're going to be pissed off with some of them, but some of them might hit. And it's just going to be interesting to see what happens when he actually has an offseason to really kind of put his print on the organization. I think Brock Besser is going to be the first signal of what that's going to look like. He's either going to be, let's be real, from a wild perspective, Brock Besser scares you because that is the other option yes. for teams that are looking into Kevin Fiala. Which one do we want? Which one's more affordable? And, you know, there, I think there's going to be teams that have differing opinions on Besser versus Fiala, especially if Fiala is demanding more money. So I, I, I am really curious, though, what is done there and what's recouped, whether that's something that's a current asset versus futures, or if they keep him, that's going to tell us a ton about what Rutherford sees in this team and what his plan is for the next couple of years. I do. So I don't have an answer. I think yeah. he is worth keeping if they can find a way to do so. It's just what else are you going to do to change and shake up this roster? Because make no mistake, changes have to be made if they're going to get over the hump. Like they should have been a playoff team this year if they had Boudreaux all year, but doesn't mean that they would have made it past the first round, right? No. And no. at that point, who gives a shit? We're experiencing that right now. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think it's a fun one to watch and a painful one to watch for wild fans because guarantee you teams like New Jersey, who we talked about, they're evaluating. Which one do we want? Do yeah. we want Fiala? Do we want Besser? Because I do see them being kind of in a category by themselves. I, I Take it back. Those two and William Nylander. Mm. Difference is Nylander has a better cap hit. He's locked in for more term, so he's going to be more expensive. And guess what? I think he's the best of the three. So you got to have to pony up if you want him. No, absolutely. And I think if they go all in on Besser, it's it's telling that they're going to make changes with either a Bo Horvat or, or JT Miller sooner yeah. than expected. Because you said it there. The Canucks cannot ice this. The Canucks have a good team. They cannot ice that same team this year. They have to make changes. And one of those big changes is dangling one of those centerpieces and getting a haul for either of them in, in return. Obviously, you're getting a haul for either. Well, I think J JT Miller, you're going to get some fucking money. You're going to get something. For you're going to get something. I don't think a haul is what you're going to get, though. For a guy I, that's got one more year, and he's going to be on the other side of 30. I think I, I think we're going to be surprised with that one. I think I, we're going to hey, be surprised. I hope people are finally acknowledging how good JT Miller is. I fucking Three hated years him when he's in with a the row. Rangers. Three hated years him. in a row. He but I, I love him. I, he has long been a player that I've enjoyed watching, even when he played for the scumbag Rangers. <laughs> one one um, thing... Um, I know you keep saying this too, and and I I I thought 
that it was that this was the way it was admittedly as well but the more i've been reading the more i've been getting back into like canucks beat and things like that rutherford may be here this is not his team and i, I need to agree. make this no no i, I know you don't agree but i'm telling you like i'm 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 i'm, I'm telling you not not you know so, so who's the gm like, patrick alvin oh oh manager. oh wait so you're telling me that the gm of the team is rutherford's bitch but rutherford doesn't have control of the team Patrick Alvin apparently is the one, not even apparently, is the one who's making the decisions, who makes, who has the final say and everything like that with this team. Right. So I'm just throwing who that out. There. Who do you think's sitting on his shoulder as he makes all those decisions that are his final decision? No, if, I, you, if you think that Rutherford isn't in control of this team, you clearly aren't paying attention. See, I was the opposite, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm making it very known here, Hoppy, that I thought it was Rutherford's team. It is not Rutherford's team. Which whoever that's what makes me, whoever convinced that's what you makes, otherwise, I well, apologize. That, that is that is why this offseason is so intriguing as a Canucks fan. Because if you did think that it was Rutherford, it's it's kind of okay. Look at uh, look at his past and see one, what's going to happen. The one way that I will submit and agree that it's not Rutherford's team is if they go for futures. If they send one or two of their big players and get future assets instead of current players. Then okay. I'll agree that it's not Rutherford. Okay. If I they mean, push in and chips, they and they cards are in your favor this year, cards in your favor. Given that this team is not a rebuilding team anymore, but okay, no, I'm still, I'll still I'm just. That's the only way that I can point and say that's clearly not Rutherford. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the dominoes fall. We'll see how the dominoes fall. I think. I think that's just people looking for something to talk about and trying to start a new narrative. They're bored. I'm telling maybe, you, it's Rutherford. Maybe. If you had, if you had any GM besides Alvin, I'd listen. But Alvin is Rutherford's bitch. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, again, I'm I'm interested to see how the offseason it's like, goes. It's like saying that Dean Evason makes his own decision on roster. Like again, Bill Garrett making the decisions. <laughs> I'm 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 telling you, this is this is how it's run. So that's what's going to be. It's going to be a little bit different this time mm-hmm. around. Sure, I guess we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Hey, Soda Pod listeners, just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now it's my turn to have fun, huh? (laughs) I sit here an hour away from puck drop of Game 7. A series that I didn't expect to be, like, overly emotionally invested in. And dramatic. Like, there's been some playoff (laughs) drama. Well, but that's that's my thing, though, is, like, as soon as you told me that Louis Domingue was probably going to be their starting goalie for this (laughs) series, I'm like, you know what? If they lose, I can accept it. It's out of my hands, right? Not only do they take a 3-1 lead over the fraudulent New York Rangers, um, now we're going into a Game 7 where Crosby is coming back in after not playing Game 6. 
Tristan Jerry is supposedly going to be in the starters crease for the mm. Penguins, which scares me in a similar way to Talbot playing in game six. But you know what? At this point, I'm I'm pretty okay either way with how it ends up. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be pissed off if they don't win. That's just like how playoff hockey works. This is probably of all the years, the year that I'm going to be most okay if they don't get through. It's just one of those things, man, where all the injuries and people can say that they aren't cheap shots. Come on now. Yeah. The hit to Crosby's head, that's not accidental, especially when you see earlier in the game the elbow that he threw to start right at Gensel. Sorry. Like, this is a guy that's looking for blood. Troub is a kind of dirty player. Anyways, the Raquel hit. Trash. The fact that there was no punishment or anything for that blew my mind. And then we've got, of course, the freak accident of DeSmith going down. Who, yeah. man, the, w- the way he played in game one, if he was healthy, Penguins already advanced by now. Truly. It's so good. He he looked great and goes down. Everyone thinks that it's <laughs> he, he's got like cramps. And then the, the next morning it's, oh, sorry, guys. He actually just had abdominal surgery and he's done for the year. What? So with all of that, like going in and then their top defensive defenseman, Brian Dumoulin, has been out for the series. Yeah. So you told me all those things and that the Penguins are going to a game seven. Man, I'd be thrilled. I would be thrilled. They got Zucker back, which is certainly a help. Kasperi Kapanen finally looks like a competent human for a minute. He even said when they like interviewed him after a couple games of playing while he's like, it's about time I showed up, huh? (laughs) At least at least I finally showed up. Yeah, I mean, Um, and at least he he recognizes that. Yeah. So, you know what? If we get even decent Jerry and nothing like what we saw last year against the Islanders, I think Penguins win this game. I do. I think it totally sits on his shoulders, unfortunately for him. Cause like, again, shitty situation, just like Talbot got thrown into, but he looked really good in the regular season. And I said, you know what? I don't trust him until I see it in the playoffs. And unfortunately he gets hurt a couple weeks before we didn't well, get to see it. So and they, I, need G- they need Gino to, to just, you know, be vintage Gino in this one too. They, they, need they, him need, to, they needed that in game six, man. Well, I know, but they, they, I mean, but yes, of course, but this is do or die. He has to, take over especially if Crosby isn't gonna play a hundred percent just because let's be honest he got hit in the head man the guy's if Crosby's playing his ears are still ringing to play anything under a hundred percent I know you. but I'm just saying he might not show it he might physically think or mentally think he's he, playing a hundred percent but let's be honest if his ears are still ringing from that hit it Malkin's gonna if have his to ears up. are still ringing he can't play man he has to clear a concussion protocol he did not have a concussion I think game six sitting out was preventative measure I think he comes back in and short of Truba elbowing him in the head again, I, hope I think you're right. we see full Crosby. I hope. Yeah. Right. I that, hope you're right. Yeah. That's probably wishful thinking, but end of the day, man, I think the penguins are every bit a better team than the Rangers. I think they're the biggest frauds in the world. And the only reason they got here is Igor Shesterkin. And he is the only reason that they will win game seven. I'm very worried that he just wakes He's... up and realizes how good he is. 
He's something he, else. He could steal game seven. Like that's, yep. that's what you see all the time. That's what Vasilevsky did against Toronto. I think Toronto was the better team. Look, I'm betting on the playoff king himself, the Minnesota boy, Jake Gensel, over dude. a fucking goalie coming out of nowhere this season. Talk there about one of us, dude. Jake Gensel is a playoff monster. And not only just playoff. Like you look at what he did in the regular season this year, too. The right, guy's a right. fucking star. He he is a star. He, he is now solidified as a regular 40-goal scorer. I think that he ends up replacing Crosby as the captain whenever Crosby retires in like eight years or eight days. We don't know which. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, dude, I think that he has grown a lot too as a player. 57 points in 57 playoff games, 33 goals. What oh, an dude, absolute it's stud. It's insane. What an man. absolute stud. So yeah, he, he's really been though their most consistent playoff player outside of Sidney Crosby for sure. Yeah. And Malkin's got the points too, but again, consistency, oh, like he piles see, he's, them up. He's inconsistent. He, he, he piles them up in one game and then nothing in the next. Oh, but dude, that's what you need from him. If he can just win one game by himself, Crosby's going to take care of the rest. Yeah, and I I love Evgeny Malkin so much, uh, and that that's where this is really a big one for the team, because you got big decisions after this year. They are not in the same cap hell as the Boston Bruins, but this is summer for it sounds like all of our teams: Bruins, Vancouver Canucks, Minnesota Wild, and Pittsburgh big, big Penguins. Summer, which re- really funny that it just lays out that they're in all the different divisions, and we get a representative from each. Probably yeah. hurts you a little bit though that Boston is one of them, but. We love Z. We'll we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, but he makes it bearable. Dude, four big names that need new contracts. UFA. Evgeny Malkin, who will be 36 next year. Chris Letang, who will be 35 next year. Brian Rust, who will be 30 next year. And Ricard Raquel, recently acquired, will be 29 next year. <sighs> Odds are you're probably only keeping two of them. Yeah, well, especially because like Rust isn't again playing with the t- some of the top players in the whole world but still like he's not just a flash in a pan he's had three amazing seasons so like he's going to respectfully demand the money that he's that he that he's you know has earned dark horse for me man if no one else is found like if there's not something else to be had and Fiala's not re-signed and there's wiggle room that's a guy that billy garen gets billy garen made brian rust who he is i love that player i absolutely love that player brought him into wilkesbury scranton like developed again, like he very much had his hands on a lot of these prospects that turned into something with Pittsburgh. You look at a guy like Teddy Bluger, you look at a goalie like Matt Murray, like say what you want about what happened in Ottawa. That guy was a huge reason that Pittsburgh won back-to-back cups. He was fucking incredible. I will love him until the day I die. Matt Murray is incredible. All right. Off topic. Brian Rust is a great guy though. Like that's the kind of guy you want to stick with a Matt Boldy. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's a good fit. Yeah. And he's got the versatility. Dude, you throw him on that act line? <laughs> Although that's the opposite of solving the problem we were talking about earlier with saving money and getting assets <laughs> with Greenway. So that the, the, the beauty of a Brian Rust is that he is versatile he's, and can play up and down the lineup. A, yeah, he's a he Swiss Army knife. Problem is, he's, he's going to get too much money. And he is going to be on the other side of 30. I think he's going to look he's either going to come back cheap and say, I want to finish as a Pittsburgh penguin, or he's going to get whoever will throw him the most money. What's and his... I, I can't slight him if he picks either. So does he face a lot of injuries? I'm looking at his games played. It's always like half a season. So is he, is he, he a... he's had a handful of injuries. Yeah. Okay. But so again, they, they aren't recurring look... injuries. It's not re-injuring something that's been okay. done. So it's not something that's a huge concern. That's just 
different freak injury after each one. Okay, because like I said in the last episode, I'm more looking at professional sports now through a, how many injuries have you amassed in your career versus your age. Age to me, is, it doesn't matter. But the, the injuries, yes, it, it wears you down, but I'm way more worried if it's the same injury happening no. over and over. Exactly. But I, I get what you're saying. It, it's yeah. wear and tear, right? And yeah. Unless you're Gino been, Malkin, then it doesn't matter because that guy's injured every been, part of his body and he's, he's still been a, a playoff machine. warrior. Brian Rust. He is Mr. Game 7. He is the guy that I'm looking to to be the big player here for the Pittsburgh Penguins. People listening to this obviously already know the outcome, so you're either agreeing with me and nodding your head or you're laughing because Igor Shosturkin stood on his head and Pittsburgh is off playing golf. But uh, to me, I think Brian Rust, unless he decides he's willing to take a pay cut, which I don't, I if I were him, I fucking wouldn't. I'd go out and make bank. <laughs> he's gone. I You have to find a way to keep Evgeny Malkin through the end of his career. And I think Ricard Raquel, they find a way to keep him. And I think he can actually be a really good fit, whether it's with Malkin or Crosby. Crystal Tang is my big wild card. I don't know. I think he's more likely to end up in Montreal than Patrice Bergeron, to be completely yeah. honest. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Which which worries me. He literally is having a career year at age 34, 35. Well, look at Mal- I'm I, sorry, but look at Malkin too. 42 points in 41 games. Like the guy, like he's a freak, man. He's a freak. And and he just is such a piece of the identity and the fabric of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It matters so much. And I don't think he wants to go. I just don't know what kind of contract he's going to be seeking. I don't see him saying that he wants to be like a $10 million player. Right. And he made nine and a half for a long time. I think he's okay. Making a little bit less. I just don't know how much less. Is it crazy to think? Cause I've heard him say this before that like Pittsburgh's the only team he's going to play with in the national hockey league. I think that's is what it cra- he wants. Is it crazy to think that he just goes and he just goes back to Russia? And if yeah, he's still going to play, I think he's going to keep playing. Okay, I'm just. I think I'm he's just... playing somewhere. This this. I think he's got at least three more years of playing meaningful NHL hockey, and I think he wants to either do it in Pittsburgh. Could I see him going to another team for a cup if it's got some Russians on and he's comfortable and they're willing to throw the bag at him? Maybe. See, I, I just think that he I think he stays. I can't picture him in another jersey, whereas as sad as it makes me because I love him, I can see Chris Letang going somewhere else and making real money and being an impact player for an organization. I really yeah, yeah. can. So yeah. that scares me. Then they've got mid-tier decisions to make, right? They got Casperi Kapanen, who will be 26, Evan Rodriguez, 29, Danton Heinen, 27, and Casey DeSmith, 31. I'm not sure what happens with the Smith especially based on the injury, but he looked like a solid and capable backup, but that's kind of a dice roll. Casper Kapanen, if he wants any more than league men, he's not, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He, he definitely, unless he is like the playoff hero puts the team on his back in game seven and goes on a run in the playoffs. He's got no chance. Yeah. Rodriguez, and I think Evan Rodriguez is out the door too. He's getting paid elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe. He well, just should. more so than he's going to get paid with this team. Like, yep. But for me, man, the, the one thing, cause I do think that people have like been way too harsh on Ronnie Textile so far. The big blunder is Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter's fucked up so much stuff. Like for real, they protected him over Jared McCann, which I'll never forgive them for. <laughs> they then signed him to a two year extension at the age of 37. When up until game six, when he scored the opening goal, everyone was pretty much cursing him and saying he shouldn't even be playing. That is going to hurt the team. That's not good. Thankfully, it's not crazy money thrown his way, but Jeff Carter is a hindrance to the organization. Unfortunately, 
I don't see him being, he's definitely not a top six center. Like if Malkin leaves, Carter cannot just slot up there and take over for him. And I think Teddy Bluger needs to get more ice time. I think he needs to be the third line center and almost work in a similar ilk as Jewel Erickson Eck, right? I don't know what Jeff Carter's role is moving forward, but the fact that he's there for two more years doesn't <laughs> please me. Doesn't please me at all. Um, but then there's, they have to make changes. Something's going to have to give, especially if you want to keep all three, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Players that could move. We got one year left of Jason Zucker, five and a half mil. There are teams that would love to have his services. And guess what? Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins would love to have his services if he was healthy. <laughs> like every Penguins fan, they they hate the trade because let's be real. The Wild absolutely won that trade, fleeced them when you look at it in hindsight. If Zucker was healthy the whole time, no one would be saying that. Everyone would no. be like, wow, that was a good trade for both teams. Awesome. He's looked great when he's been healthy and been able to play. I think he's a guy that can play really well with Sidney Crosby too, which if you can do that and push other guys down the lineup, that's huge. It's just been a bummer that he hasn't stayed healthy. I fucking love Jason Zucker, um, who I will continue to refer to as Carly's husband <laughs> on Twitter. Um, Cause I might love Carly more than Jason. They're both just so awesome. Um, so he's a guy that you could see move in the off season. Then you've got, Pretty much the entire blue line. I don't know what the construction is going to be, man. Chris Letang, they will keep if they can. But then you've got Dumoulin, who I only see being a deadline move if they're not a playoff contender and if there's another team that needs the services. Very cheap, and he is the kind of guy that can come in and play top pair of minutes and be a really good shutdown guy who's clearly done it before, right? But it's really Matheson, Marino, and Pedersen. I think one of those three gets moved. I really hope it's not Marino, but he seems like the most likely. He's got five more years at 4.4. He's a guy that I see Alvin, a.k.a. Rutherford, going for. I was just going to say, yeah. I, I think well, there was, interest, think, there was interest at the trade deadline. There was, and I, I think there's a fit there still if they really want to pay up for him. I think he's an incredible defenseman. We've seen him regain form here in the playoffs. Him and Pedersen have been one of the best defensive pairings in the first round. They've mm -hmm. been incredible. Pedersen also three years left at just over four million. They're all then, good contracts, too. That's the well, thing. Like, uh, for, for hang on. Remember, you said that because Michael Matheson, who everyone laughed at Pittsburgh when they traded Hornquist for him because it was a money move, right? Man, he's a piece of Pitts, shit. Pittsburgh fixes defensemen. Period. <laughs> End of statement. They he do. is a legit player now. That is they no do. longer a bad contract. You bring in Justin Schultz and make him I was look just like an all-star. I was just you, thinking dude, Schultz. Even Jamie Alexiak. Yep. They brought him in and looked great. They ended up trading him back to Dallas. Like, yeah, we fucked up. We'll take him back. Like, Pittsburgh has done incredible job of transforming defensemen because of the way that their system works and how they let them play within it. I, I It makes no sense because no one looks at the Penguins. Everyone says every year that the Penguins are well, not a def good defensive team. And there was, that's always not true. There was only one defenseman that they couldn't fix, and somehow Calgary. <laughs> no one, no one can fix Jack Johnson. Well, him. That's not even who I was thinking. I was saying Eric Gabranson. Who no, actually? No. Jack Johnson is the one you need to think of. And dude, I actually thought Gabranson was solid with Pittsburgh. Okay, but Calgary fixed him because like he is, yeah. he's a good top four defenseman now. And at thirty, and see, it took see, long with, enough for the third overall pick. But with Pittsburgh, he was a solid four or five guy. I think. Him and Zadorov again, just is a solid. scary pairing in Calgary. Dude. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of changes here this summer. Like this is 
basically I'm going to learn over this summer whether it's over, it's done, and I just kind of do what the Capitals fans are doing now, like seeing how many points Ovi can amass, or do we have more time? Like it's anywhere from zero to three more years in my mind that Pittsburgh can be in the discussion to maybe win one more cup. Yep. I don't know where it lands though. This summer's going to tell me a lot about whether it's zero or three. Well, I'm <laughs> so, excited. I'm excited to uh, hear Burke and, and Hexel talk about just but their I, plans too. I want it on record, man. I don't care what happens. I don't care if the Penguins, as everyone's listening to this, so it would be yesterday. I don't care if the Penguins got beat eight nothing. The Rangers are not a good team. They are the fakest frauds. They're they they should not have had the regular season they did. Igor Shosturkin is incredible he should win the heart trophy just for getting them as far as they did in the regular season that's the only reason he should that's the only reason any other team i wouldn't have said it but what he made the rangers what they were i i don't have much respect for them i don't think they're any good and i think that carolina mops the rangers if they move on i think pittsburgh if healthy will make it a series but carolina probably wins in six or seven Carolina's they just their pace they the, the, they're deep dude they're so well, deep for me and again like it's a very simple thing but like pace of game I haven't seen a, a team in the National Hockey League play at a pace consistently for three periods like the Carolina Hurricanes I've seen the Wild do it in the first period of pretty much every single fucking game in the regular season and then it's gone the Carolina Hurricanes they play at a, an unbelievable pace and I don't think that there's any team right now that can match them. From what I've seen right now, anyways. So it's it's sure. it's gonna be a fun one. Um, these two episodes have been fun dropping on Monday again. Join us hey, uh, t- tomorrow for our round two predictions. Round one, I mean, so far have looked pretty good for me. I've I've made some pretty good uh pretty good predictions thus far. Again, the, the blues yeah. one just kind of I don't know how to feel about that. I said the blues are gonna win in six. They did win in six, and you and I, I mean uh, to the others that contributed obviously like they were going homer pick they had to pick the wild because they felt like that i'm curious how many actually thought the wild were the better team because like, i think you the and i lot. knew you and i, I knew that the blues were the better team but i didn't expect it to end like this it's sad um but i gotta say off of this episode we're gonna need shit to talk about this summer like we're gonna go off the rails we're gonna talk about always sunny in philadelphia oh, we're gonna so be much talking ridiculous <laughs> shit if there are like teams that are following largely enjoys, like, please like DM yes. us, let us know the teams you care about. Cause if we get enough people that say one team, we'll absolutely do a deeper dive and give more coverage because I honestly, I watch all the teams. I feel like I've got a pretty good pulse on like almost all of them. There's probably a couple that I've slipped a little bit, but like, I would love to do more deep dives on other teams. I'm just not going to do it to hear myself talk. So if there's, Stuff you guys want to hear, we will absolutely do it. DM us, comment, whatever. Tell us which teams you care about besides the Wild. There you go. There you go. And I mean, we have a lot of guests too that we can bring on to talk about those teams, folks. So that is awesome. Um, this has been fun, Hoppy. A lot of venting about the Wild and, the, and you know, our personal teams uh, to start off the week. Excited to get into our predictions later in the week. And uh, go show Z some love too because... He needs as many handkerchiefs as he can get, I think, this week, eh, Hoppy? Because he's gonna be uh he's gonna be drying up those tears for, for a few days. I mean, I don't know about tears. It's just gonna be even less sleep than usual. <laughs> less sleep. A lot of straws, we'll say that much. Oh, stop. Uh, 
See, I can deal with a lot of the Boston antics. Like, I, I genuinely enjoy him. The straw bit, I, I just, I can't. I need to know if he actually likes it or if he just does it to get a rise. I want to know which. All right, well, that'll be our first question for him when we bring him on. He's uh, not going to answer that, honestly. <laughs> we'll just, I'll make sure it's recording without it saying that it's recording and maybe we can get him uh, off the record there. Nice. Signing off, I'm Isha Dromi, alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer, and stay wild.